Welcome to the Byline Breakdown, where we bring you the stories behind the headlines. I am your host, Mike Moliterno. In today's episode, we're diving into a special story that's not just about the present, but celebrates a decades-long journey, and we are talking about the Western Reserve Transit Authority, or the WRTA, and its spotlight in the very first issue of the Business Journal back in 1984, which makes this the 40th anniversary year of the Business Journal. The story comes at a pivotal time as we are celebrating our anniversary with a year-long celebration. And joining us today is George Nelson, Deputy Managing Editor of the Business Journal and the man behind the story. And George, how long have you been here at the Business Journal? You've had se- you've had a couple stints. Yeah, I've had a couple of stints. I've, I've been here, back here since uh, 2003, but I freelanced for a couple of years uh, back in the mid-1980s. Uh, did a five-year stint starting in 1987, and then uh, left in '92 to you know do other things. And but you've been back for 21 years. Yeah, but but tw- a little over 20 years. Yeah. So you've kind of been around for a lot of it, most of a it. A lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, George, welcome. Um, so let's just start. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the story, which appears in the Growth Report one that just came out last week that you did. Um, so. Could you take us back to 1984 and, you know, what was the significance of featuring the WRTA in that issue? And uh, what were we talking about when we were talking about it 40 well, years ago? Well, WRTA was come just it was back kind of on the rise. A few years earlier, they had actually shut down because they had temporarily because they had uh, lost a levy at the at the ballot. Um, at this time, uh when the first issue of the Business Journal came out in August 1984, they were preparing to, or they were launching a couple of downtown shuttles, and more significantly, probably, they were planning, or they were getting ready to break ground on the what we now call Federal Station today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that wasn't even there 40 years ago. No. Yeah. Um, so I guess how has it changed since we spotlighted it 40 years ago? What's what's you know, there's been a lot. There, yeah, there's been a lot of change. Obviously, the the number of fixed routes, you know, the routes that you know go a certain route every day mm-hmm. uh, on the hour or whatever the frequency is, the number of those routes has more than doubled. Uh, the on-demand service has actually more than tripled in that time period. So you spoke with uh, with Dean Harris for the story. Uh, he's the the current executive director, and he's mentioned that ridership is. Way up, pretty much. I think he said like twenty nine percent or something in twenty twenty three. Yeah, uh, year over year, uh, last year is up about twenty three percent or twenty nine percent on a month to month basis over the previous sixteen months. Well, previous to the end of last year, ridership is up between twenty and forty percent. Right, each month. And this is all. I mean, it, some of this may be due to. Um, during the pandemic, they uh, ceased collecting fares, so um, all of these are free now. But I guess, why are so many more people using the R- the WRTA? Does he have any idea? Part of that, well, I mean, part of it obviously is that the number of, again, we've talked about the number of routes increasing. Right. That's part of it. Um, ridership obviously, you know, becomes easier when there, you don't have to pay fares. Yeah, right, yeah. And I think they're going to expand some routes even in 2024, pick up, uh, I think, two additional Warren routes. Yeah, they, they got some grant funding to to try and add, add a Trumbull County service back in. 
Okay. And speaking of funding, it's, um, I guess I always just assumed that they were funded by people paying to ride the bus, but not so. That's, that's actually a very small portion of their funding. Could you explain kind of how they, how that well, works? Well, yeah. When they were collecting fares, it was only about 4% actually. The, the vast majority of their funding, about 80% was coming from, or comes from the countywide sales tax, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, Mahoney County voters uh, put on to to maintain the service, and they do make some money off of advertising, and they get you know state and federal grants to to help support what they do. And in your story, you also mentioned the 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 return on investment for public transit, and what some of the studies have found. I guess given given what those studies found, and you could talk a little bit about that and what we know as far as how important transportation is for some people around here. Um, when getting to a job or, you know, getting to uh, amenities and stuff like that. I guess, where do, what do you see the, the WRTA, um, where do you see it fitting in as far as its role in this community and, and what role does it play? Well, one of the things that uh, Dean mentioned when we were talking was uh, when employers, you know, when companies look at the area in terms of maybe expanding, setting up new operations here, they do ask if there's public transit. Let's face it, everyone is having trouble hiring people nowadays. You've heard, every every employer you've talked to has mentioned that too. So as easy as you can make it for people, you know, to get people who may may not have access to regular, reliable transportation or personal transportation like a car, uh, whatever you can do to make it easier for those people to get to your to your workplace, that makes it more attractive for an employer to come in. And you know, we tend to take it for granted. Things like you and I, we can go, we can take our car, go to the grocery store, you know, do our shopping for like a, a week or two. If you're if you're depending on a bus, you right. know, that you're only you're making that trip probably a couple of times a a week. And again, this is where you know eliminating the fares comes in as a help too. Right. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, we're going to dive deeper into some of the changes WRTA has implemented over the years. And we're also going to talk about um, some of what George has dug up while researching some of the Business Journal's past issues. So we'll be right back. Attention all business enthusiasts in Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. The Business Journal has been your trusted partner since 1984, giving insights, updates and fostering growth in your region. From Mahoning to Mercer, from Columbiana to Lawrence, we've got you covered. For just $10 a month or $99 a year, unlock our digital troves or get both print and digital for only $99 a year. Make the smart business choice. Subscribe now. So, George, could you talk a little bit about um, some of what WRTA has coming up? Well, they are going to be uh, taking on... uh autonomous shuttle, you know, driverless shuttles. Uh, they're going to be doing a couple of demonstration projects, one of which is funded as part of the Smart 2 Network project that mm-hmm. um, especially those of us who work downtown have become very familiar with over the last yeah, couple yeah. of years. <laughs> so I can, I, I, daily reminders of that project. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so they're going to have the autonomous shuttles. I think they're right. going to have two of them. Right. And uh, those are demonstration projects, you know, yeah. you know just to see how the technology works and, you know, maybe that gets expanded. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it gets expanded in other cities. Uh, I think we would be, 
once those come online, I think we would still be only the second city in Ohio that would have autonomous shuttle service. Okay. And those will be in uh, the downtown, Yeah, correct? downtown area, headed up toward uh, St. Elizabeth uh, Hospital. Correct. And what else do they have going on? I think they're... Um, well, they are, they are making plans for well, another uh, federal station project, uh, a total revamp of, of that area. Um, if they can get a funding partner for a residential component, they're looking at not only you know, having a ground floor terminal with uh, you know, some retail space, but a parking deck on the second, the upper level, and then two levels of residential area. And this is for the the uh, the site right downtown yes. here on Federal. Okay, right. uh, that sounds like that sounds like a pretty big project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, they need they can't they can't fund it uh, the residential component with what they they need to get a private partner or some or some kind of financial partner to fund the uh, apartments or whatever that turns out to be. And any timeline on when they're hoping to get some of this going or hoping to have their funding nailed down by. Well, I, the last I talked to Dean, they were still in discussions trying to find someone. I think they're they're going to go out for bids for uh, architects uh, soon. Okay. Well, let's switch gears just a little bit because this story is, um, as I said, it's it's kind of the first of our stories that we're going to be doing all year long about the 40th anniversary of the Business Journal. Right. This was in the inaugural issue, and we're going to kind of be looking at some of um, some of the economic development initiatives, some of the projects and seeing how they fared, seeing uh, maybe if we called something wrong or, you know, seeing maybe if one of our editorials was, uh, you know, failed to uh, predict the future. Yeah, it's going to be kind of an interesting exploration, both of the Mahoning Valley's his, or of the Mahoning Valley's history as seen through the eyes of the Business Journal. Right. And so as part of this, you've been going through the old papers, yes. physically going through yes. old papers, right? So I imagine you've seen some interesting things that you didn't expect. Could you share some I'll, of those I'll, or I'll something? I'll tell you the truth. It's still a little early in the uh, in the process. Um, so I think, well, I'm sure we're going to revisit this. Uh, so let's let's yeah. make that one of the things that we circle back on. I, it is interesting to try to recall some of the details about the stories that I personally was, was involved with in the early years, trying to remember what was going on at the time. Um, and I even come across some people who I interviewed back then who, who their sons and daughters are, are now contemporaries of mine today. Do you have any stories that you came across that you remembered? Any examples? One that'll be we that I'm sure we'll be revisiting in the future issues um, ties in. It'll actually tie into another story, but um, the uh, company uh, Sovereign Circuits, a circuit board manufacturer that opened it uh, in North Jackson. Uh, I want to say '88, mm-hmm. but the. I think we there was the groundbreaker the groundbreaking in 1987 that ties into another one of the anniversary stories that that I'm maybe that I'm maybe working on. Okay, um, so as as we said earlier, you've you've been here several stints, pretty much from the beginning. Um, so you've seen the Business Journal progress through its 40 years. I guess what role have you seen the Business Journal play in? in uh, the business community over those 40 years? And have you seen it change? Has, you, has it uh, evolved? What do you think? 
Well, the Business Journal, for the first editorial actually argued that the business community was, quote, the major force in revitalizing this area and that it required, uh, end quote, and that it required, quote, a common communication medium to go further, end quote. Now, I think we still see the business community as a vital part of this area's continuing revitalization and that we continue to serve as a voice for it, as well as to more broadly advocate for advancing our community as a whole. Mm-hmm. What do you hope readers take away from the reflection that we're going to be doing over the past 40 years? I think how far we've come, both the, both the business journal itself and the community. Uh, now, not every change that happened over the past four decades has been a positive development for this area, and plenty of mistakes have been made. But I think there's still been a lot of progress. Uh, the kind of collaboration we've seen in recent years to achieve uh, common goals uh, across counties, even across state lines, would have been unimaginable in 1984. Well, George, thank you very much for sharing your insights with us today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Byline Breakdown. Don't forget to check out the Business Journal for more on George's WRTA story and the year-long anniversary celebration. We'll have a link in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Mike Moliterno. You wouldn't drive a car without a map, so why navigate the business world of northeastern Ohio and western Pennsylvania without the Business Journal? Trusted since 1984, we're the compass pointing you to growth and prosperity. Digital, print, why not both? We've got subscription options tailored for every business-savvy individual. Light up your path to success. Subscribe to the Business Journal today.